Welcome back to the Superflex City. Here with the Superflex dude, John Hogue. John, yo, what is going on? What is up, swag? Oh, John, John, John. Things are bothering me again. I, I don't know if this is the best way to go into <laughs> podcasting when it's kind of just you're started a, off pissed a, off, a little triggered, and <laughs> and you want to fix things and um and keep it positive all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> But that's I'm kind of been about... our theme so far this off season, though. It's, I know it, we're kind of taking out a, an entire pandemic, an entire quarantine, and several you know global crises out on our podcast and out on the poor, unsuspecting souls who say something that we don't like on tw- on fantasy football Twitter. <laughs> so true, and and it's like, and you want to, and that's another thing too, John. Oh, we're going to go a direction we're not supposed to go today. It's one of those things, too. Like, you see everybody out on Twitter wanting people to be supportive, support my podcast, support my articles, support me, support my Twitter, support everything I do. I support a lot of people. I push people to a lot of good content. I don't read all of your content. I haven't listened to all of your content. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not that good. But I don't just want to push people like I kind of feel like when you are pushing people to people, you're putting your name on them as well. And sometimes like you see advice you don't agree with or moves you wouldn't want to necessarily make. So why do I want to push people to that advice when I don't think it's the proper advice? It's not that I disrespect your grind. It's not that I disrespect you as a human or wanted to be a part of this community i love the good talks good debates all of that stuff but if at the end of the day i don't agree with the way you build your team why would i want to be like go to this guy (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know um also yeah (laughs) we're just gonna we're just we're just gonna find trigger on top of trigger it's like (laughs) this gun has like all these little triggers on top of the main trigger. Um, but like the word, even just the word grind kind of mm. like it, it, it illustrates you are the hardest the- worker in the community. <laughs> like everybody grinds, man. Come on. Like, yep. uh, and it was actually fantasy football stoner who, who pointed this out, which like, Every now and then he says something that that I'm just like, man, that might be a bridge too far. But like, um, more times than not, I feel like he says <laughs> he says the stuff that we're all thinking um, when he pointed out that uh, you know the uh, the the word grind is way overused in fantasy football, considering like what we're actually doing why we're actually doing it <laughs> like if you if you call this a grind i mean you're you're really kind of i don't know getting up on your cross a little bit <laughs> trying to make yourself into a little bit of a martyr yeah and like i mean at the end of the day you're still just you're grinding tape quote unquote grinding tape you're you're watching football <laughs> like yep. you're watching you're watching youtube videos of a football player 
right. a YouTube video that somebody else compiled. Like that was the grind. Yes. Acquiring that video it, and making it available to all you, of us. That was you the got grind. to hang out with your friends and talk about fantasy football on a podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> you savage beast. <laughs> yeah, man. You're yeah, just that, that word so... is it probably is a little overused. You know what else is overused <laughs> a little bit, I think? Like the idea that ah, this isn't a word. We will stay triggered this episode. So right. the idea that people think that it should take you three or four years to rebuild a, yeah. a damaged team or how damaged is the team at that or like, can, like, so what got me going today, John, before I reached out to you was a talk about Michael Thomas versus a one Oh five in a one quarterback league. I know we're talking super flex here, but for context, this was a one quarterback league. So the one Oh five is much different than it would be in our super flex world. And the amount of people that were kind of like, well, if you're contending, it's Michael Thomas. If you're not, it's the one Oh five. And to <laughs> me, what I heard there was Michael Thomas is the quicker rebuild. <laughs> I, I don't know. Which is true. <laughs> yeah. So, but let's prolong that. Throw yeah. a dart at that 105 who maybe hits. Maybe you do well with it. Who knows? But it's there. Why is that the, the path to your rebuild at this point? Like, if you could imagine if Michael Thomas was sitting at 105 in your rookie draft, you're telling me you're passing that up? Right. Craziness. Yeah. yeah. Man, and there's a lot to unpack there, and yeah, the just the whole the whole thing is is very triggering, and it, and it kind of has been all along. And I don't just mean this cycle. Like, I'm 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 starting right now. I'm starting my fifth year in this community as a you know as a content producer, and every single year it's it's kind of the same thing. It's it's. You know, these rookie picks are just um, there's there's kind of this mystique around them, this mythology around them. There's this idea that they always pan out, that they always turn into, you know, Justin Jefferson or, or you know, Christian McCaffrey. And yeah. it's just, man, it's so rare that we right. actually get those right to a point where I feel like we actually acknowledge that you know like the 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 big talk with the rookie picks is you know you 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 still want to acquire them because they're still gaining value which is true which yeah. is true yeah and and you know to a point where there's even a little bit of an idea of 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 arbitrage you know with the 2022 rookie picks because those have a lot more time to gain value. I mean, they've got a lot farther to go, but they mm -hmm. also, but they do have, you know, a year and, you know, two months, three months, whatever to, to gain that value. And so, you know, you get a 2022 rookie pick and it's going to be worth a little bit more every day for the next, you know, 14, 15 months. That's, that's kind of the theory with the rookie picks. I don't dispute that. I don't have any problem with that. Sure, I agree. You know, it, it it is. It's totally true. And and with the twenty twenty one picks, I mean, there's there's still a little bit of time here, 
where they're still going to continue to gain value. We're going to start to get to know these rookie players a little bit better. They're going to become household names for people and people are going to, you know, start to, I like for with me, for instance, I, I have been kind of watching these rookie quarterbacks trying to get finally familiarize myself with them. I mean, we're here, we are in super flex city talking about quarterbacks and the effect that they have on the rest of the player pool. Mm-hmm. I should probably know the rookie <laughs> at the very least, I should have an opinion on these quarterbacks who are about to come into the league. So, you know, I, I, I <laughs> put on all my sweatbands and, and grab a giant bottle of water and start grinding tape because man, it's a mother. To yeah, have to do that. Yeah, and, <laughs> it's well, the that's hardest thing, thing on anyone has to do. Yeah, well, that's grind. another thing too. Is we've got a good, we've got a good quarterback class. <laughs> not not yeah. disputing that, but we're yeah. acting like we're acting like seven or eight veterans are going to lose their job all of a sudden to rookies that we haven't seen play in the NFL landscape. Like we're treating it like there's no risk to like moving over to some of these rookies at the same time. Like you're not going to get Josh Rosen or, I mean, even like Jacob Fromm or I think of some of the players that were getting hype, even that I hyped, before during like the 2020 draft that will be absolutely nothing yeah and they just aren't going to get the opportunity we perceived that they would have while we were hyping rookies last year that's going to happen to some of these guys this year oh for sure and and then like go ahead no i mean I, i like i do think that there's another side to it where like, you know, you you and I are realists about this. We're very pragmatic about these rookie classes, and we're sitting here acknowledging that um that you know it's 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 not going to be the best case scenario for every rookie. Mm-hmm. You won't find very many people who who will just like who will not only admit that but actually believe it, like actually right. <laughs> actually live that. Yeah, you know, but here we're doing it. But what I will say is, you know. Because of that, like it ends up making me skeptical of the rookies and, you know, by extension of the rookie picks, I end up being, you know, pessimistic just as much as I'm realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, But what so what kind of happened for me was it started off to me, there were three rookies that you wanted anything to do with. It was Trevor Lawrence, it was Justin Fields, and it was Najee Harris. Well, you know, it, there's there's room for for me to kind of um, add names to that as I get more familiar with this rookie class. And for so for me personally, like I actually am starting to give more value to more rookie picks. The more I start to say, all right, I, again, not all these guys are going to pan out, mm-hmm. but you know, on top of those three, I think Javante Williams is going to. I think that Travis Etienne probably still is. I don't know why we bailed on him so hard, but like I'm, I'm gonna, co- I'm coming back around on him. And then Zach Wilson, all of a sudden, is my number two quarterback. Yeah, you know, um, I and and I think that he's probably gonna end up being the number two quarterback for the NFL as as well, um, and that's a big part of it. So now all of a sudden we're up to five players, you know, that. Or six players. Excuse uh, I want to see if I can add Jamar Chase to that list 
uh, Tim Chorch got me really excited about Jamar Chase, honestly. Like, that's my yeah. wide receiver one in this class set at this point. And yeah. I think they, man, but even those could I be just, such huge misses. Like, you look yeah. at Nikhil Harry, you look at how long it took with Corey Davis and all the buy low op, op, uh, opportunities you had. You look at Parker, man, so Treadwell. And and yeah. people act like these rookie picks are sure picks. I mean, I do the rookie fever podcast, as you know. But dude, that's one thing that like even being an Aegis, we try to kind of like get people to slow their roll a little bit and be realist <laughs> about it. And you can't just like completely rebuild through your rookie draft. I mean, you can add pieces, you can make your team better, but you can't just rebuild through the rookie draft. One yeah. thing um you and Jordan were talking about on Super Show when you had Jordan on great listen by the way if anybody hasn't listened go back and check that out but one thing you guys were listening about is that the uncertainty of those those future picks especially if you're getting that perceived like 22 early pick like it's an early 2022 or it's an early 2023 and you're i'm trading that early 2022 to john for his joe mixon my team not only just got better but like as you're taking my pick from me like and first of I all, I made what, your pick worse. <laughs> yeah, Jordan, and your point was that like there's no certainty in that. Like that team, like you don't know that it's going to be an early pick. It could be a late pick. But not only that, but you're making my team better. The right. team you're getting the pick from, while you're trying to rebuild for your future. And, and my job now, if I'm trading you my first, I'm not planning on giving you the 101. I mean, it, it happens. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm not planning on making that pick good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to try to make my team better and make your pick worse, like continually adding pieces that I feel like make my team better. Now I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I'm like, Oh, this, this, this move is going to make my team a lot worse for a few years. I, I don't know how long yeah. it's going to take now. Right. Yeah. I mean, once you trade that pick away, it's, it's your job to make it as, as bad as you can get. In fact, like, I actually wonder if maybe there's a little there there should be some strategy that we start to employ in dynasty that, that the NBA uses with the conditional picks. Mm. You know, maybe we should yeah. we should start saying like if if this is if this ends up being 1.01 then um you get the pick back. I like that, yeah. You know, we undo the trade essentially yeah. but those are um, trade talks then, that come, if you're having a trade talk with john conditional picks might come up yeah <laughs> so i love that you brought it here <laughs> yeah that's gonna be a new thing that's that's a new thing that that uh that i think that we should we should start to push a little bit because then you're gonna see i mean it i think that it's gonna add some value to those 2022 picks a little bit because you know you're gonna see some people start to you know, try and tank to get that pick back. And then if they miss, if they end up at two, if they end up with 102, you get to keep that pick because the condition was just 101. You said, yeah. you know, I, if, if this becomes 101, I'll give it back to you. We'll undo yeah. that trade. You get this, you get this pick back. Yeah. Um, and I get my, you know, I get my player back or whatever. Um, but if it's 102, then I get to keep it. So, yeah. Like if you're gonna try and if you're gonna try and tank, try and get to one on one, you better freaking do it. Like I think it adds a whole other level of strategy. But 
totally not something we <laughs> intended to talk about. Right. Yeah. But and like you asked before the show, like what does a true contender in February look like? Yeah. That's that's the whole question. And and you know, back to Jamar Chase just real quick. Like I I have zero doubts about what Jamar Chase can be in the NFL. What I do know is, like you just said, I mean, we're talking about Michael Thomas straight up for the 105. All right, right. So let's say for a minute that you take Jamar Chase with the 105. That's if he falls there. But yeah, I hear you. Yeah. He, he has to produce at the same level as Michael Thomas from day freaking one right. for that to be worth it to me. Yep. Is he going to do that as a rookie? I highly doubt it. Right. I mean, we've seen it once. And, and in all fairness, I mean, there's kind of been some some comparisons partly because of the school, but Odell Beckham Jr. came in, you know, came back from the injury and from day one was what everybody's saying Jamar Chase is going to be yeah. from day one. But that's the only way it's it's happened that one freaking time. And yeah. that's the only way this works. You, you don't even really know that Jamar Chase is going to perform like Tyler Boyd year one. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's no certainty in any of those picks. Yeah. I mean, even if he's Justin Jefferson in year one, like, is that, is that good enough to have it's pretty given cool, up? John? It's pretty cool. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll take 1400 yards from a rookie and feel pretty good about it. it. It's pretty, it's pretty strong, but I just, I don't, recall justin jefferson just justin jefferson being all that startable for you know early on in the season it feels mm -hmm. like it kind of came on late and there were a lot of <laughs> there were a handful of like 200 plus yard games and stuff right. and, and a huge problem with this for me because we keep bringing up michael thomas as kind of our uh our gauge here yeah our huge problem for this is if this is how you felt about Michael Thomas, why the hell didn't you trade him 15 weeks ago, 18 weeks ago when he was the top wide receiver in any trade value chart and you could have went out, split those stocks, rebuilt your arguments are think not you, John, not you, John, your arguments are <laughs> things like Drew Brees is going to be gone. We don't know who his quarterback's going to play any questions yeah. and un uncertainty you have today should have been the same questions and uncertainty you had then what you're doing today is selling low on Michael Thomas. Like, yeah. honestly, like I, I would have advised you to sell Michael Thomas last year, no matter what his production was going to be just because his value was so freaking high that you could have got three wide receivers yeah. for Michael Thomas. But now you're giving up Michael Thomas for a one Oh five. Right. A, just a mid round rookie pick one quarterback. You don't even have those quarterbacks pushing talent back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh yeah. One quarterback makes it even worse. So, yeah. you know, in super flex call it like one Oh eight. That's yep. probably, I think that's fair. Probably what we're talking about at that point, which, yeah, yeah what are you going to get at 108? So the other problem, besides the fact that you're selling low on Michael Thomas, you're, you, you know, you're, you're buying into the narrative that without Drew Brees, he's not going to be able to produce. Not only are you doing that, but you're also really kind of committing to a rebuild, and, which brings us back to the whole point in this mm -hmm. is 
you know, I mean, you're you're kind of committing to going into the season right now in February, several months away from the start of the NFL season. You're committing now to going into the 2021 season in a re in rebuild mode. And to me, that's absolutely crazy. Like, yeah, for one thing. I feel like my this is my personal opinion. Everyone right now should be in rebuild mode. Yeah, Every yeah. single person. I hear that. And 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 that does that brings up the question for me, like you just you know, like you just mentioned, like what what like what would your roster construction and this isn't rhetorical, like I'm actually asking you, like, what would your roster have to look like for you to feel like all I need to do the rest of the offseason here? is just kind of detail this, you know, maybe make some small upgrades anywhere that I can, you know, maybe add a little bit of depth or maybe like handcuff running back, stuff like that. Like how good and, and not even how good, but like what are some of the exact names that you could have on your roster right now that makes you feel like I'm going to be a contender in 11 months. I'm going to be, you know, 10 or 10 months, whatever I I'm going to be in, in the mix for a championship 10 months from now. Yeah. And, and that's hard to do. Cause you just don't know between injuries and free agency, rookie landing spots and running backs that could potentially lose their jobs. But I think you have to try to find the players that you are, you feel are secure in their jobs. And then you have to kind of attack it that way and hope they stay healthy, obviously. But the important part of this, I mean, why I feel like you should always be contending and, and that's kind of what you said, like always be rebuilding. And I think, but like what you're saying is always be in that process to rebuild for 2021 to compete. Yep. And I mean, this, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. Like your team, you could look at all those teams in your league today and that number one team could get into week three and have more injuries than anybody. And his team is just like, you don't know. Like I've seen some of the worst teams make a move, get into the final or the championships. And then they continue to go. And you're just like, how in the hell did that team win? Like, I hate that team, but they, they continue (laughs) to go because they were trying. They wanted to see what their team actually had. They may have been the underdog, but they keep going. You sometimes you just don't know what you're going to have. The guys I'm chasing though right now that I feel like are good values for some of those rebuilding teams that are also vets. I'm chasing the Mixons. I'm going after Keenan Allen. I'm going after Cortland Sutton, who I know he's not as proven as like Keenan Allen. I'm going after Goff and Wentz, the values I can get on those. I got Goff for a 2022 first. Mm-hmm. And, and sure, I don't know how long Goff's going to be around. I don't know what's going to happen. It's plenty of question marks, but I do feel like I added a starting quarterback to my super flex team, a championship team at that. This was a team that won. And then I just add Goff to him. I added Goff to him for 2022 first. And then I added Mixon for the 112. Yeah. And, and to a championship roster. So you're probably getting between 110 and 112 from me on that 22, 22 first. Even if I just maintain and try to be competitive, even if I don't win the league, I'm probably not getting worse than like third or fourth place. So you're probably at best getting a 109 from me next year. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, I, I feel good about trying to make those moves and I don't know, man, I want to win. Like I never feel good. I earned a one Oh one this year in a league you're actually in. Mm-hmm. I earned the one Oh one. And to me, like what I had to do for that team is assess my situation and try to look at why I won, because I don't think it was because of you. I don't think it was because of the other 14 teams in the league. I think it was because of me and my team and trying to find my holes and like what kind of disadvantages I put my team at. And for that team, I was probably losing 20 to 40 points a week from wide receivers and not being prepared to go up against you guys in a 16 team set, starting three wide receivers. I was probably losing another 10 points from tight end. I'm probably losing like 50 to 70 points in wide receivers and tight ends just because I cannot set viable wide receivers and tight ends to compete with you. My problem wasn't Deshaun Watson. It wasn't Josh Allen. I don't feel like my problems, Jonathan Taylor or Deandre Swift. My problem is my depth and my wide receivers. Mm -hmm. So Trevor Lawrence didn't fix my team. If I draft him at one Oh one. So I traded that one Oh one away. I haven't really gotten anybody that liked my side of this tr- trade except for the feverish Fenero. Shout out to Fenero. But uh, <laughs> so I got I got Tua, LaVisca, Chanel, and Ronald Jones, which I, I get it. But dude, I added a lot of depth in my in this team. I have another starting wide receiver now. I left our season having like, dude, no wide receivers. And now I've added three guys that I feel like could potentially start. Like I'm getting my team closer to be like your guys's teams and like, try to like find what put my team in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. I want to fix that now. I don't want to work. I don't want a one-on-one next year in that league. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm going to be in the playoffs, but I'm not going to have a one-on-one again. Promise you that. Yeah. Yeah, man, rookie picks, that that could be a whole topic of itself because the problem is, you know, the team that it, it's, it's, I've talked about this many, many times on many, many podcasts, but mm-hmm. rookie picks are, it's a, it's a weird thing that we have in Dynasty. Like it's, it's honestly just a little bit flawed that we have, you know, the, the way we handle rookie picks. In Dynasty, the fact that we give the worst team, you know, this this rookie pick and, you know, because it, it, it it's, it's almost like <laughs> I don't I don't want to use the analogy I was about to use. I'm, I'm just going to bail on that. That's oh. I don't know. Um, Who else but, is curious what he was going to say? <laughs> well. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm just gonna do it. I I don't feel great about it. It feels a little bit a, a little bit dirty, but I mean it's a little bit like welfare, you know, where you're not you're not really giving you're not giving these you're not giving them you know exactly what they need, which is you know whether it's whether it's food or um, you know transportation or uh, you know lodging. You're not like you're not giving them that. You're giving them the money to to go, you know, get whatever it is that they need. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're kind of hoping that they that hoping they that, spend their money right. Right. Yeah. And you know what? They probably mostly do, but somewhat don't. 
we're, we're, we're kind of doing the same thing instead of giving them, you know, instead, if, if you earn the one-on-one, instead of giving you what pulls you out of the very bottom of the league, we're giving you the currency to try and do it, but we're still, right. put, we're still putting some risk on you. You know, we're yeah. not, we're not really giving you a, a, a step up. We're just kind of pointing you in the direction of the ladder. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so the problem is like the, the one one really is still a little too much risk and a little too much time is involved with, mm-hmm. uh, with the one one to actually fix a team that just straight up earned, earned the right. Like what you really need to kind of do is, is trade that to a contender. The one on one actually helps a contender and it's, yeah, they have more time to wait for it. Yeah, exactly. They've got the time to wait for Trevor Lawrence. You know, they, if, if it's a running back, like you cannot, you cannot rebuild a team around a single running back on those, you know, on those occasions where the, the top pick should really be a running back, Saquon Barkley, or, you know, a few years ago, it, you know, um, Fournette, Cook, McCaffrey, Mixon, Hunt, Kamara, like whoever, <laughs> whoever mm-hmm. you ended up taking out of that group, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's still like that wasn't enough to fix a bad team. Yeah. In fact, like that's that's just kind of the recipe for keeping them right where they're at. Yeah. By taking that running back and who's going to be, you know, a pretty volatile asset. We've even seen right. on Barkley. And now it goes a step further and that team decides that that's who they're building around. Yeah. They have one good player now and that's who they're building around. Right. Yeah. When, <laughs> and it's when a it, running back. Yeah. When, I mean, that running back would have helped a contender stay a contender. Yeah. Um, but they're not going to help a rebuilding team, you know, complete their rebuild. Yeah. Like where the value really is, is to trade that pick away and get back multiple assets that actually like that actually kind of fix your roster throughout. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, like I said, it's just kind of a fundamental flaw in dynasty football, honestly. And I have no idea what to do about it. I'm not proposing any kind of change because I mean, I think that you do have to give that value to, you know, to the worst team and give them an opportunity to fix themselves. But it's just at the end of the day, like here's, here's the bottom line with rookie picks is the, the worst thing you can do is make a pick, <laughs> like acquire all the picks you want, but you got to trade them away. Like yeah. that's the only way you get what you actually need out of them. Yeah. It's it doesn't mean you don't hit on a rookie pick, but the probability yeah. of hitting if when you trade the picks for a vet is higher. Yeah. Yeah, with this with a singular pick and even when you do hit, like what does that look like? Everybody's got different definitions of a hit, right? And it's it it usually is something like at some point they have a top 12 season within their position. Like that's yep. that's really kind of the the bar that we're setting and it's like if if I'm if I'm the worst team in the league, I'm like a, a a team that's obviously in rebuild mode. What the hell good does it do for me 
to get a hit from Jamar Chase. If that right. means that like three years from now, he's going to be one of the, the top 12 wide receivers. In yeah. The league. Yep. What did that, what, like, what, what, what did, what the hell am I doing in the meantime? Yeah. And then there's kind of like the flip side of that. Like at what point in the off season, this is something you mentioned as well. Do you start to turn your, your value into production? Like, yeah. When you're filling that lineup. And then I think that like it almost turns from welfare to taking out loans because now like you're trading away your future assets at a reduced price because you're almost paying a, a little bit of interest on that loan, but you're putting that production into your lineup instead. But then I think it does get to this point where we were trying to go with this is like, maybe you, maybe you're listening to me today and you added Keenan Allen and you added Dave Montgomery to your team. If, if your team doesn't put it together by a certain point, next year like how long do you want to hold on to those assets that probably aren't going to gain any more value right yeah yeah exactly so that i honestly like this is why i just say everybody should be in rebuild mode everybody should just consider themselves a rebuild it, the like, competitive it, rebuild yeah here in february and and like I said, I mean, I I do think that there's a roster build that you sit on and just say, you know what, this is this is gonna still be a contender. It's gonna it, it's a unicorn for one thing, you know. You you mm-hmm. like you have to. It, it would probably be like, I mean, Pat Mahomes is gonna he's he's gonna do what he's always done. He's gonna be top five, you know, every single year, and and unless he gets injured. And we're not in the business of predicting injuries. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're just going to assume that he's going to be healthy. He, he's going to be a top five quarterback. If you've got Pat Mahomes, you just stick yep. with him, you know. Yep. Um, Josh Allen is going to regress. And, you know, so the question becomes, what does that look like? And how much do we need to worry about that? Um, but my personal opinion is, you know, I, I think that you're probably, especially if you've got a little bit of, of quarterback depth, I think that you're perfectly happy with Josh Allen as your number two. Um, I think, I mean, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is a tough one for me because, like, in you know, intuitively and bias aside – I've got to say that like regression is likely. The problem is he has the my my whole obsession with Aaron Rodgers is based around the fact that like he does this like all the time. So, you know, it's he's John's man crush. <laughs> he's he's constantly one of the top 2 quarterbacks in fantasy football as long as he's healthy. He's missed it where when he had a full healthy season, he's missed it once where he wasn't inside, where he wasn't a top two fantasy quarterback. And that was the first year with Matt LaFleur, you know? So it's like, yeah. is, is regression likely? Of knew. course. But yeah. like, it's, I mean, we've, we've, I, I just don't, I, I can't count him out 
from being a top two quarterback because you know he's shown that even even when when he regresses it's still like top two <laughs> quality so you know so like those are those are guys that i think that you can kind of bank on there aren't very many guys beyond that that i'm just gonna deshaun even deshaun watson i mean he's gonna if he's on a different team like I don't know how great you can feel about it for 2021. So it's like if you've got those three guys in particular, if you've got that exact mix of quarterbacks, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, like I think that you feel good about about that. And, and then, you know, there are a handful of guys like Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift. Like those are the guys that you feel good about at running back, you know, probably you know maybe nick chubb ever like beyond that it, it it's it's really kind of speculative you can say that you feel good about alvin kamara because he's consistently been one of the top running backs in all of football for his entire career but i mean don't we have to acknowledge that at some point some regression is coming for him why wouldn't it be in 2021 right know? right oh and and kind of same thing a wide receiver. I mean, there there are a handful of guys that you can feel good about. And I mean, really, just kind of start with the quarterbacks that we just mentioned. Give them like say they're they're going to do what we you know what we say they're going to do because they're at this point they're pretty bankable. There, it means their top wide receiver is probably pretty safe. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, so I mean, Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill. Stefan Diggs, but like who else can you really just feel like you're you're set at wide receiver yeah. you've got these guys All right I hear you so I wanted like, to uh take you back to Aaron Rodgers super super quick yeah because you got me thinking like about so Aaron Rodgers is number 11 on dynasty trades calculator he comes <laughs> in at 33.8 points yeah just below him is Justin Fields with 0.6 less points, only 0.6 less points. And then Tua at 13 with 30.5 points. Yeah. <laughs> if I could, if I, if I, can I really trade Tua for Aaron Rodgers? Can I do that? Probably. Pro to the, to the ageist, you can probably do it. There's yes, still I'm people all about who are, that. I'll add to it. <laughs> if yeah. anybody's listening. There, there are people who, who are going to say that he's 38 years old. And, you know, or at least he will be by the start of the season. And, and that's, you know, two was what, 23. Yeah. So, you know, there's that's, that's your rebuild piece there. Aaron Rodgers, like, yep. honestly, <laughs> go get Matt Stafford. Like those are your rebuild pieces. Everybody's out here paying top dollar for young guys that haven't hit yet. Yeah. And then the people that are winning are getting these, these deals on, Aaron Rodgers, Keenan Allen, the the deal on Diggs is gone. We know now, but I mean, those are your rebuild pieces. Almost the aged guys that you know are going to do it. Like get them in your lineup. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, it, like if we all if we all do just kind of, you know, a, a, agree to this, <laughs> which will never happen. But like if we all just kind of got on board with the idea that every single year you rebuild, then you know, then, then, yeah, I mean, we stop playing within the, you know, three to five year window and break it down to like one or two years. 
Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, yeah, Aaron Rodgers makes a hell of a lot more sense. Yep. When you're like, all right, I just need him for this one year. I'm just trying to, you know, to build up this roster for 2021. And then, you know, in the off season, um, in 2022, I'm just going to go back into rebuild mode every single year. I'm going to do that. And the reason to do that, the reason I say that that's what everybody should be doing is because we make our best decisions when we're rebuilding. Yeah, you've brought up that before, and even yeah. has made me think a little differently when I'm contending yeah. on the moves I make. Just like now, John's in the back of my head, and I'm like, "God damn it, John!" Like, <laughs> I really think this move helps me a lot now. But man, am I really helping him out even more for his future? Like, right. But yeah, yeah so those it's, are tough ones. It's so rare that that a contender makes like a you know a a a move that you know because because when you're when you are a and contender that's taking a out that loan. Contender, you're taking out that loan yeah yeah because you can afford to take on the risk at that point it's like i mean this is a this roster is is going to be fine even if i get this wrong like that's that's kind of the psychology behind it that's the thought process and that's honestly making that compromise is the beginning of making <laughs> you know, a series of bad decisions. It starts with the idea that I can afford to take on risk. I'm fine. It, even if I get this wrong, it's fine because I still have this. And or it, I, and I it's have like, the depth to make this move. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even what we just said about rookie picks, you know, the fact that, all right, so two, you know, the these two kind of principles. A, it's suboptimal to make a pick. B, 101 is not for rebuilding teams. It's for contenders. Those two things, you put those two things together and you say, I mean, essentially what we're saying is contenders have the ability to make the suboptimal move of making a rookie pick. Yeah. That's pretty much what we're acknowledging, you know? So if you call yourself a contender, and then you start taking on risk. You start making these unsafe moves because you can afford to do it. I mean, eventually, like, it's going to catch up to you. Whereas yeah. the rebuilding team who can't afford to make bad moves, can't afford to lose value, can't afford to make those suboptimal moves, they can only make the moves that are safe. Yep. That's like that. They're, they're going to end up being contenders you know, sooner and for longer. Yeah. Yeah, man. (laughs) But, but, and and that's just it. It just comes back to that. Like, it's almost like I've complained about value when people are talking about value and they're like, well, the value's on this side. And then they just leave and walk away. Like they've actually given any kind of advice to somebody. (laughs) Sorry to get negative again. Damn it, swag. So, and that, but it's the same thing. It's just so chalk. Like, how are you really helping if you're just like stopping in somebody's posts and you're like, if you're contending this side, if you're not contending this side, really? Yeah. I mean, it's just to me, again, like we said at the beginning of the show, really, you just told him the quick rebuild is this one and the slow rebuild is this one with more dart throws. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. Shoot straight, hit the bullseye, get those guys. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, I mean, first of all, 
I mean, it it really just needs to be a different terminology altogether. Like, it, I, there's there's no such thing as a contender in February. Like, we're not doing anything. We're not competing in any way in February. Yeah. We're just collecting value, you know? So, yeah, there's no such thing as a contender. Like, that's that's the first thing. Um, so, you know, we should, we should be talking more about, um, you know, like, like what's the roster build that you're looking for, right? You know, like that, that should be the goal. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I've written about the super flex flywheel, I've even talked a little bit about it, but essentially like I have this exact quarterback or this exact roster build that I want. And it like it really kind of it, it starts with QBX with the five quarterbacks. It's minimalist at wide receiver. I want to be, you know, I want to be lean. I want to be young. I want my two starters, and then you know, give me a couple backups just in case they get injured, and then you know when they're on bye weeks. But like, I want as little roster space devoted to wide receivers, and and same goes for tight ends. I want as little space as possible devoted to those guys. And then I just want the rest of it just stocked with running backs. Yeah. I, I like that. And, and, you know, rather than saying this is a contending roster, we should be saying this is a, this is a roster. This is like an ergonomic roster. This is a roster that makes sense and kind of distributes its power like a flywheel you know, distributes yeah. its, its power, kind of stores its energy and distributes it wherever it needs it. Yeah. Like, that's I like what we that. Should be going and it for. still allows people to build a team how they want to and how they feel like they could be successful in their league. You don't have to necessarily follow John's model. Sure. Um, but if you yeah, have whatever. an idea of what you want your team to look like and build to that, that helps a lot. The one thing I would say is for me, sometimes like, if I'm adding a piece that takes away something I kind of need, like I'm trading a wide receiver away to get a running back. And now I leave myself kind of thin at a wide receiver. I might be less likely to make that move, even in a world that I feel like depth at wide receiver is huge, but Mm -hmm. for hypothetically, I might be less likely to make that move if I'm in a league where I don't feel like a lot of trades happened, like if I've seen one trade happen this year, I'm going to be a lot safer in the trades I make. I'm not going to be like, well, this puts me here, but now I can trade this player away and I'll be fine again. That might not happen. So I don't want to trade to trade, but I'm going to, I don't mind trading all day, but I'm never going to trade to trade. I want to be okay with the move that I'm making for my team today. I want to feel like it's putting me in a, good direction i don't want to take on a player that i feel like "Mm, this is okay but i'm going to need to move him to be happy with this even if you're you know making that move would make you quote unquote a stronger contender even if you know you've even if 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 i feel like it made me a stronger contender i'm in yeah really yeah yeah but if you go ahead I, I mean, I like I, I think that I would just kind of stick with the point you just made, which is, you know, I I don't think that, a, you know, a lot of moves don't get made here necessarily. And so, you know, while this makes me look good in February, is it going to hold up all the way? OK, through, sure. 
into and through the season? Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, if the answer is no, then, you know, I, even if it is a, a situation where like I'm upgrading at running back by giving up a little bit of wide receiver depth, if I know that I'm not going to be able to recover that wide receiver depth. Right. Right. I mean, I, you know, if I, if I'm not going to be able to recover that wide receiver depth, I'm probably not going to make the trade. And that's kind of what we're talking about. Like Mm -hmm. it's counterintuitive to what people are thinking in terms of trying to build a contending quote unquote contending roster in February. Right. Like to them, the move is, you know, you're you're trading away a wide receiver who's you know who's several rounds later in ADP mm-hmm. for a running back who you know becomes your immediate RB one. Right, you, you do it because it it makes your team stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, like, and I, makes I don't you a stronger agree contender. With our um, our truly good friend Russ Fisher, I don't always. Trade X pod, he's all over the place. You guys know Russ, but I don't always agree with Russ in like the the not setting your lineup season, like the trading season. I don't always agree with him because you might like that advice could put your you're giving a team more work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always work out that way. Like just because you're not setting a lineup doesn't mean the next move is always going to be there to fix the problem you just made. So, and, and, and maybe you're in a league, maybe you've got another trade set up. Russ likes to trade a lot. Russ is probably honestly Russ, This is no slight. Hopefully you're listening, but Russ is probably going to fix that problem. Russ probably has something in the back of his head. We all don't have that next move. All of your leagues aren't as active as the next league or your next league. You don't know that that next trade is there to get that positional need back that you just traded away. Yeah. So shout out to Russ. Love you. Don't always agree with that one. <laughs> yeah, it is tough. I, I, I never know for sure how to handle that when I, I, and it, it does, it kind of, it, unfortunately, it kind of, you know, pushes me towards inactivity when I know I, you know, if I can't count on the ability to continue to make those moves, make those trades, like if I, you know, if I'm going to lose a trade, whether it's for in terms of value or, or in terms of production, I kind of need the opportunity to to fix that with other trades. And if I don't know for sure that that's there, I mean, I'm probably just going to stay put. Right. Um, but again, I mean, that's that's me, you know, making kind of counterintuitive decisions versus, you know, turning my team into what looks to be a contender, what we would consider to be a contender here in February, Mm -hmm. you know, because I know that we're still several months away from that actually, right? you know, even, even being a, a, a concern, a consideration. Yeah. You know, I've totally overtraded in off seasons before and completely messed up a team too. On the other hand of all of this, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, yeah, I've completely overtraded. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it it's easy to do for sure. I mean, I just think that, you know, I, I think that where the real problem comes from is the idea that you can build a contender right now. You right. Know? That's kind of the bottom line. And, and what's we're... the argument for not rebuilding or not trying to do that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, 
that was kind of meant as a rhetorical question, I think. And because, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I, I have, I can't really think of it of a reason not to be rebuilding right now. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, there's a very specific, very specific, you have to thread the needle. There's a mix of players that you just stick with, you know, yeah. but like, if you don't have that mix, then it, and almost no one does. Yeah. <laughs> then I think, you know, I think that you should be rebuilding. I think that you should be like, at the very least, you could be upgrading your bench. Yep. Rebuilding but, doesn't have to mean you're out of contention. Yeah, exactly. I think something else too, that's happening this year. And I've probably even done it to you. Like, as I'm thinking about this is we're putting a lot of value into these future picks because of how many rookies just hit in 2020. Mm -hmm. I remember a conversation you and I had a, a few weeks back and I was like, yeah, but dude, I got Brandon Ayuk at three Oh one. Yeah. As you, as if I'm going to get him there again, you know, like it was pure luck chance. And, and there were plenty of misses in, for plenty of people in between the 101 and that 301 where I got Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. But like I almost like wanted to try to find a way to give a certain amount of certainty to I think we were talking about a 210 at the time or something like that. Mm -hmm. Where there is none really at all. It's almost like I look at them and I don't really love this term. I just think it it's easy to talk about it this way, but the dart throw term. Like every pick you're getting further and further away from that line and your darts are getting a little bit more bent. Like you're just throwing bent up darts and they're making you back up every damn time to see if you can hit it. And it gets harder and harder to hit. Yep. And, and I think that there's still so much uncertainty. We're really excited. This is a super exciting season for rookies. I, I get into it too. So I'm not trying to crap on the idea of that, but there's no certainty in any of those. Mm-hmm. Yep. The the misses are well documented. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, I mean I could just as easily say, you know, I it where you got Brandon Ayuk at 301, I took, you know, Zach Moss fell to me at 301. <laughs> I knew you. Were gonna... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the pick that I made, so I know John didn't take Zach Moss either. <laughs> Joshua yeah. Kelly though, but yeah, a lot of guys. Yeah. Absolutely. That's which I mean, like my strategy is really kind of evolved. Like if you do have rookie picks, I I still say it's suboptimal to make the picks like it would have been better to sell the picks, you know, prior to the NFL draft when, you know, we really kind of when these players, you know, once we know their landing spots, once we know their situations and they really kind of settle into a, a, you know, a pretty solid ADP for the most part. Yeah, there's a little bit of movement kind of in the second and third rounds, but like the the first round gets pretty locked in. Like right after the NFL draft, you know, we we really kind of knew that it was gonna be it was gonna be like Burrow to a, you know, and then yeah. like Taylor C E H, like yeah. those guys, and then you know, then you get you kind of got to the that next group of running backs with uh, you know, Acres, Dobbins, Swift, kind of the one yeah. B tier. Yep. And then Judy and CD Lamb and Herbert. Yeah, yep. Yep. And then, you know, back to the wide receivers with, you know, yep. Ruggs, Rager, and Jefferson. Like that yep. it, it was it was 
sometimes there was a little bit of variation. Like sometimes Rager would go ahead of Judy or something like that, or, you know, right. or, or acres would go ahead of Dobbins stuff like that. <laughs> like there were these little, right. little tweaks, but for the most part, it just kind of settled in and just solidified. Yeah. And that's when the rookie picks lost a significant amount of their value. Exactly. It's like you're driving a brand new car off the lot. And the yeah. minute it hits the road, it loses a little value until you've you've seen that performance from your like high powered car you just bought. But until you like see that and you show it off a little bit, you drive that off the lot and your pick just lost value that quick. Right. Yeah. So that's where I f- it, it feels like the the move is to I mean, you know, what we're trying to do is to get rid of those rookie picks before we have to make them you know, or before they get locked in and before they lose all that value. But at the end of the day, someone has to make the picks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though I, I don't think that you're getting as much value, I think you're taking on some risk with those picks. I still think that those those picks can be very useful in terms of production. Sure. It's just, you know, again, like you, it, it, in in terms of the value game, you just lost by making the pick. Yeah. In terms of, but in turn, and it's so it's so backwards because they lose all that value, and then mm-hmm. they become a player who actually becomes should be worth a lot more than yeah those pigs. They become, you know, it all the it it becomes, um, you, you know, uh, well Justin Jefferson for instance, yeah, or like, Herbert, yeah, yeah. You end up and then, but then. Like now people are going to trade those, those players for, you know, for future picks. Well, I'm, I'm rebuilding. Yeah. So they're <laughs> a year old. Yeah. It just kind of, yeah. Rookie but, picks just kind of, ha- there's a little else bit you and I talked about. I don't remember if it was on a show or if it was just you and I chatting in boxers. So if it was on a show, I apologize to the listeners. I don't think it was though, but yeah. it was just that like, what if you are rebuilding? What if you are completely like S O L at quarterback in a super flex league and you have a one Oh seven and you have a one ten? Yeah. Do you keep those picks and you try to get those quarterbacks that fall to you at that point? Do you start scouting it that way a little differently? If you, I mean, and this is assuming that you've pursued some avenues to try to add a quarterback and nobody's giving you what you want. Like, do you just hold on to those picks at that point And, do you grab Mac Jones and hope he is one of the next big things? Do you hope Trey Lance falls to you at 107, 106? You know what I mean? Yeah. I And so I have a solo episode of Super Show coming out on, on this exactly. Nice. <laughs> this exact thing. So I don't give too much away. We didn't away. even mean to tease it. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, you had no idea, but that ends up being very, very topical. Um because I've gotten a lot of questions about how do you go from, you know, in, in year, you know, two plus or, you know, taking over an orphan or whatever, like a team that's not quarterback extreme. How do you get to QBX from not QBX without the benefit of the startup? And so, you know, that's the, that's the solo episode or an orphan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, you know, 
I, I, to me, the rookie draft is kind of the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I do agree with you there. So I think that's one, you know, in conclusion to this show kind of on our way out and it's awesome. You got that coming up. I really didn't know, but I think that that's like maybe the one exception. If you can't find a path to get a quarterback, you kind of sit on them and you hope that that's how you fix that problem. Even if it ends up being a few months in there starting, or maybe at the beginning of 2022, but you need to get some quarterbacks in your super flex leagues. Yep. Exactly. Uh, That's a hell of a show. Yeah. (laughs) Good stuff. It wasn't that triggered. We weren't that negative. No, kind of, Kind of took it to the rookie picks a little bit. <laughs> just absolutely positively want you to win a championship. Yeah. Yeah. This it's it's tough love. We don't want you to call yourself a contender right now. Just because it but it's for your own good. And we don't <laughs> want you to say you're out of contention either. Yeah. Yeah. Just just get that just take that out of your vocabulary for the time being. Yep. You're and, a winner. It, seriously, there's there's no such thing right now. It, like until we start, we find a way to tally points in February. There's just kind of no such thing. Yeah, love it. He is the protector of the super flexer, super flex dude. I am at Swagzilla Zero G. Find us at the Twitter first. Follow Superflex City, Superflex Super Show, Super Flexible. What else? We've also got super flexperts and snake of the snake in the draft and man, all the all the great podcasts from Superflex City. <laughs>